What Looney Tunes character would make a good horror film villain? Ooh, I'm thinking Tasmanian Devil. Mm, you went for the low hanging. Oh, fruit. right on the yeah. nose, boo! Why the fuck not? <laughs> boo this man. Or okay, all right, fine. Oh, no, no, you you prepared this. No, no I didn't why. prepare this. You committed. Um, well, I mean, that, why? Obviously, he's already a fucking horror villain. He just tear through Gremlin style, so on and so forth. He's like a large critter. Yeah, just exactly. Destroys everything in his tornado. Speaking path. of critters, if we were more professional, that'd be a great segue. Uh-huh. Speaking of critters, <laughs> <laughs> um, or or maybe less on the nose, you could do one where Daffy Duck finally snaps. Finally snaps? What the fuck? Have you watched Looney Tunes? He's always snapped. Well, snaps violently in a more uh, like Hannibal Lecter style, right? Oh, I don't think he's that methodical. Well, not yet. But I'd then see Bugs being more of a Lecter. That's true, actually. Hannibal yeah. would be more, or Hannibal. Hannibal with Daffy. <laughs> Daffy would be more of a, like a berserker killer. Yeah. 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 It'd be like, the like end an uncontrollable of that like movie. psychosis where he just is like he's like sitting there like bathing in the blood of his victim. They're like, What have you done? He's like, Oh, it's cool. You guys want to join me? Yeah. Like that kind of crazy. I think they all really would make great horror villains. It would not be hard. I was gonna say Bugs Bunny is the American psycho of the Looney Tunes universe. Like he is the one that's like methodically that's like fucking with all the other characters, you know. He always portrays it being in self-defense, but he actually fucks with people way after that. The defense part's done. Now he's hunting you. Yes, absolutely. And then he always tries to get the audience to feel bad for him. He's like, oh, I should have taken that turn left <laughs> it for Albuquerque. And he's like playing playing on his like That's true. He's, he's like the lepus satanicus, man. He's a rabbit <laughs> who is out there just to get some dark things happening in the Looney Tune universe. Have you ever like seen poor that? Poor Elmer Fudd. I know. He gets fucked with... That upright citizen that from Texas, you know the uh, uh, the Yosemite Sam, <laughs> always getting shit on. Ooh, can we can we edit in some tiny violins here for these characters? <laughs> Yosemite Sam, what a great character! They're the tragic, yeah. characters real American of the Looney He King shot universe. his gun with like unwanted, like just craziness. No, yeah. he's a fucking crazy As person. As one does. Too. Yeah, man, that's what you do in Texas. You just aim at the sky. And <laughs> that shoot is not fire. what we do in Texas. That's uh, what I do. For all yeah. of our foreign listeners, that is not how this shit goes. Do you ever down. see that? I can't remember what it's called. But there's a horror movie about giant bunnies. Yeah, it's called Night of the Lepus. There yeah. you go. Have you seen that one? I have. That oh. one stars Dr. McCoy, isn't it? From Star Trek. He's dead, Jim. So. <laughs> that's the guy. What uh, a film. It's not great. Do, no. I, do I get to answer you guys? Yeah, whenever you're ready. Oh, okay. What do you got? I don't have anything. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know what? <clears throat> it's going to sound really creepy and crazy, but I feel like perfect way to do it. Pepe Le Pew. That dude oh, is going to start yeah. kidnapping ladies. He thinks that he's being like right and being, you know, suave and really caring and stuff like that. But he's a crazy, creepy, like kidnapping right. racist. When portrayed, or not racist, but rapist. Yeah. When portrayed in he the best. He might be racist too. I don't <laughs> want to speak for him. You know I mean? That's when, true. When portrayed in the best light possible, he is already a rapist like in at Looney most yeah. at most that guy's like part of the incel crowd oh i mean definitely. at minimum and he's yeah. already weaponized he's just gonna muster oh he is you. weaponized <sighs> like he's what if it's got, chloroform uh, he's got a chloroform tail yeah he's <laughs> 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 come with Pepe. wow does this smell funny to you Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark, again, joined with Garrett and John. Fellas, how we doing today? In unison. Good. Oh, good. <laughs> good. Damn, fucked it up. We're bad at unison Man. Uh, audio. Ooh. You got you to gotta count off. One, two, and... Are we, are we going on are three? We going on three or after three? <laughs> no, you go, you go on three. I would love after. if we said that in unison by accident. <laughs> in showbiz, they always do the countdown and then they do the last numbers. Yeah, two and, and, two and one are silent. And you go. Okay. I learned that from Wayne's well, World. Anyway, we're doing uh, just fine, or I'm doing just fine. Dude, it has been a foggy couple of weeks. Oh. It's like Silent Hill drop down on Austin. Dude, this sucks. I don't get it. Like, I'm it's sick of this weather. It's supposed to be Texas, a.k.a. hot and sunny, not Seattle weather all the time, constantly. Tune in 10 episodes from now when John and Mark are like, God, it's so hot in Texas. Oh, dude, I have told my wife, I'm sick of complaining about the cold. I'm ready to complain about the heat. You just want to complain, though, right? Oh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Cool. It's it, As long as well, weather we'll has existed. We'll go back to crotchety old man weather talk with John. As, <laughs> as long as weather's been around, people have been complaining about the weather. So. I can feel it in my bones. And every city will tell you how their weather is the craziest weather out of any city on earth. But 
Except it's for all Davenport, the same. Iowa. <laughs> it's perfect all year round. Are you from Davenport? Tell us, is this true? Hit us up on I the think social that's where media. Dante's Peak took place. Wait, really? <laughs> Some fucking Idaho town like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what have you guys been up to since last time? Nah, I saw Happy Death Day 2. Okay. Oh, or to you, I guess. We figured you were going to see that. Yes, of course. I love the first Happy Death Day. I cannot speak highly enough. Uh, like, You're the only person I know who's been like, yo, Happy Death Day 1 was really good. And so I was like, I know he's going to watch this movie. I, I saw can't it. Ima- I thought it was all right. Yeah, I can't imagine how that's yeah. possible. Everyone who's ever seen Happy Death Day is like, oh, that was actually pretty good. I get a lot of like, eh, it was okay. Like, I get a lot of like mm-hmm. ambiguous kind of like, yeah, all right. You need better friends. <laughs> you guys are my friends. What are you trying to say? Definitely then upgrade. <laughs> Groundhog's um, Day, the horror movie. Yeah. Is basically what Happy Death Day is. Happy Death Day to you. Um, I mean, almost. It's so like, oh, it's not a horror, but it's like they really move far away from it being a horror. It's way more of a sci-fi movie. But is it spelled uh, with a number two? It is. It's Happy Uh-oh. Death Day to you. Clever. Uh, like you were to text Happy Birthday to you. Um, it's a much more of a sci-fi movie, but it is really, really enjoyable. And um, I think is it Jessica Roth? that the actress's right. name? The actress who plays Tree, I mean, once again, carries the movie Tree? on her shoulders. Her name's Teresa, and they call her Tree. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. carries the movie on her shoulders. She does a f- fantastic job in this movie as well. Um, she from the first one, or is that? Yes, she's from okay. the first one. Same main character. What's the brief premise on this follow-up? Are they all stuck in a time loop now? Um, the, uh, Fuck, I can't remember what they showed in the trailer. You she just saw it. She, no, I remember the movie. I don't oh. want to spoil it though because it's it, oh, gotcha, it goes gotcha. off in a way different so the, direction. So the, the, the premise of the movie actually is like the the crux of like what's going to be yes. revealed. Okay, so yeah, don't spoil. She it for gets our knocked back into the same time loop, which I'm pretty sure they show in the trailer. But the the cause is different, and um, mm. and they play up on that. You know, watch the trailer because I don't want to spoil it. it the the actual the one premise time is John really doesn't good. want to spoil something. Well, because it's actually it's know, still in it's new. If it were fucking five years old, I'd be like, here's the deal. But <laughs> let me break it down for statue you. Statue limitations is up. up that kid was but. dead the whole time, Bruce Willis. <laughs> That's it. But it's still a new film, so or new at time of recording anyway. So recommended? Yes, I would recommend it. it. Maybe not like run out to the theaters to see it, but if you it's like if it's on Netflix or Redbox or whatever. What about matinee? Uh, matinee, yeah, I saw it. So because I'm old, uh, <laughs> <laughs> gotta get to the Lubies for the mac and cheese before they close at eight. Fuck yeah! But um, it was it was worth it. If you like the first one, you will like this movie. That's cool. Cool, Gary. You got anything? Yeah, I saw that. Um, that sci-fi is it? Sci-fi? The, the new Critters trailer. Coming to Shutter exclusively. Shutter exclusively. So not sci-fi. It was way the fuck <laughs> off. Well, um, it, you, there's reason because there's two critter things happening. Okay, that, that's this is the I other mean. one. There is a sci-fi. Oh uh, boy, in development sci-fi this, channel. This trailer looked fucking bananas, like insane. It reminded me of Puppet Master: The Littlest Reich. Like you can tell they actually tried really hard to make a, a product. So you yeah. know, like okay, cool. They actually put some effort into it. Some of it's pretty cool. But some of it's just so balls of the wall, like crazy and just like not taking itself seriously. And normally I don't get I don't go for the whole like, oh, it's it's trying to be funny because it's so dumb. No, there's some legitimately funny things in this trailer. Like when the um, the creator turns around in a little suit and is smoking a cigarette. I was like, I don't care what the fuck's happening here. I'm in like whatever you've got to show me for the next hour and a half. I'm totally in. <laughs> but um, yeah, it looked great. Um, it looks funny. It looks kind of like not taking itself too seriously, but um, pretty decent quality. It's going to be interesting to see how this does line up with the Sci-Fi Channel property uh, because they're doing a movie. This one on Shutter, which premieres March twenty first, is going to be an eight episode short format television show. Oh wait, it's not a movie? No, it's going I to be. I had that same reaction. Oh damn it! Okay, that changes a little bit because right. I feel like this is going to be fun for about two hours max, and then after that, I'm going to be like, I get it. Let's Ninety go. solid minutes, and then well, unless it's episodic, unless it is. it's like, it's it's a short. So like format. each so one like is fifteen minute episodes. Oh, okay. So I thought you meant like like eight episodes, like an hour long. Oh no no no! It's maybe like fifteen minute short episodes. Do we know it's fifteen? Or are you assuming? Well, it says short form. Okay, all you right. Know what I mean, right, like, I assume enough. it's going to be like the Adult Swim format, yes. you know? Yeah, and that I could get behind. Something like that okay. where they're short snippets, that could be cool. But I wonder, is this going to completely stand alone or is sci-fi or whoever's, you know, controlling the critter property <laughs> as a whole is like, are we trying to make a collective critter universe that's attached? No, or is this 2019, no. everything needs a metaverse now. This is this yeah. is completely separate. Like, based off, right. like, what I saw, there's no, this is like, this is like the Puppet Master situation. Where they're like, hey, you've got a really cool idea. Sure, run with that. Have some fun with it. Let's build up hype around this, like, you know, property. And then we'll all do our own thing. 
which I feel like can also hurt your property at the same time. But I guess we'll see. I mean, the, the trailer looked great. The, the, the trailer, trailer of the mini snippets, I guess, looked really good. <laughs> well, I'm about to give you some more info that's going to make you like it even more. Are you ready? Surprise, surprise. Let's Two go. actors are going to be in this. Oh, my God. Gary Busey. Nope. Um, um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, no. Polly Shore. No. That'd be awesome. Bro. Oh, God. Tell me it's Rosie Perez. Nope. Damn it. I'm at, I only um, know those actors. Gilbert Gottfried. Yes. Are you fucking kidding me? Really? Nope. <laughs> Holy shit. Yes. And Thomas Lennon. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I just peaked the mic like crazy. Yeah. According to Bloody Disgusting, it says these series will also, also feature Gilbert Godfrey of Aladdin and Justice League action. Don't know what that last one is. It's is that animated. what they go? For? Is that is, <laughs> yeah. That's his two top, like... And Thomas Lennon of Reno 911 and Puppet Master Lilith. I have never been more happy. Than, okay, I take that back. I've actually been more happy, but this is pretty great. Gilbert Godfrey wasn't that excited when he got this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we should just, we're going to send the snippet to Gilbert Godfrey. Like, look how excited this man was to hear yes. your name. If you guys want to send this to Thomas Lennon and Gilbert Godfrey, yes, let them know that I am like so happy that they're doing like so much stuff. It looks terribly cheesy, but fun. Um, there's a gremlin with an eye patch, and I am totally on board with that. Yeah. Not a gremlin. It's a critter. I'm sorry. Critter. A critter. That's, That's right. true. Big fucking difference here, bro. Yeah. Eh. No, big difference. <laughs> huge, huge difference, so according different. to copyright laws. So different. <laughs> well, this will lead me into my next bit of news. Uh, gremlins is getting an animated series. Why? I mean, okay, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's announced to be set in a production for the Warner Media Streaming Service, Everybody's got to have their own streaming service now. And I guess this is their way to entice the 80s crowd to maybe come and check it out. That's now, not the way to entice the Try harder. Crowd. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is actually going to be a prequel. Are you excited for a Gremlins animated prequel? No. This is going to follow the old Chinese man, Mr. Wing, and his uh, discovery of the Mogwai. You got your guy's silence says everything this is that I terrible. need to know. <laughs> if you want to cash in on the 80s, do an animated series about all the John Hughes shared universe movies. Like, like have all Saturday those morning cartoons. Yeah, kind of like a Saved by the Bell animated type thing, you know, kind of like, um, you know, but with yeah. all those characters. I'll just read you this quote. Um, this is what they, uh, the press release, I believe, said on this. Four says, score and seven. Oh, no. Yeah. The potential series is said to be a period piece that would follow Mr. Wing, the Chinese grandfather played in the films by Key Luke, as a young man as he goes on adventures with his friendly Mogwai Gizmo. The series will be produced by Warner Brothers Television and Amblin Television. I was bored just listening to that. Yeah. I tuned out. Both Warner I tuned Brothers. out before I even tuned in. Yeah, anyway, you get the idea. Wow. Um, I don't know. I need to see what kind of art style they're going to go with. I need to see how many episodes. Like, one. Is this going to be like it's a, one episode? It's a pilot. Yeah. Didn't they make, yeah, they made like a Spaceballs animated thing, and I don't remember seeing yeah. that either. I know. Just bring these 80s movies yeah. to the cartoon realm. It's Ugh. interesting. My God, I'm just so annoyed and bored talking about this. If they were smarter, they would have re, like at least tied it with like a cinematic Gremlins movie because people don't know about the Gremlins anymore. It's not, they're not like, there's not a, a huge mind share of Gremlin activity out there on the social webs, like where people are like, oh, fuck, a Gremlins cartoon? I think most people will react like us of, oh, all right. So oh. not for us. Maybe people with kids will like it. It seems like now would be the time for another movie, but animated series doesn't really excite me in the least, especially when you start tacking these onto a service that I'm never going to subscribe. I just don't think you need another movie. I think Gremlins stands alone. I mean, you can look at Gremlins, look at Gremlins 2, and then be like, okay, there's nothing we can do here that's going to capture right. the original again. Sure, but you know, this now's the time to re dig up all the old properties and try yeah, to Yeah, they are them really again. mining the eighties like we're, yeah, that's what deep we're doing now. in there now. Mm. Unless you guys got anything else, we can get into the today's movie. Could leave news on a down note. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing uplifting to go into. All right, let's get into Insidious from twenty eleven. This was directed by James Wan. You Who's that? Uh, did a little movie called Aquaman. Oh, okay. What? He also did the, the Aquaman. Soul. Aquaman. He did uh, excuse soul. me. Uh. <laughs> Conjuring. You sound ignorant, Mark, when you say it like Aquaman. <laughs> he also did Aquaman. I already said that. Let me start over. <laughs> this, this episode is descended into madness, and I love it. He's also responsible for Saw and The Conjuring. This movie stars Lynn Shea as Elise Rainier. Yes. Patrick Wilson as Josh Lambert. And that's the guy from Conjuring, right? And Aquaman. Okay. James Wan drags him around wherever yeah, he goes, right it seems. Oh, he's also in uh, Watchmen. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he was Night Owl. Um, Rose Byrne as Renee Lambert. Ty Simpkins as Dalton Lambert. Barbara Hershey as Lorraine Lambert. Andrew Astor as Foster Lambert. Leigh Whannell as Specs. 
and Angus Samson as Tucker. Right on. This movie is sitting at a 66% with the critics on Rotten Tomato at 174. It's a 62% with audiences really? at 130,405. That seems so low. Yeah. That is super low. Like, I love this movie so much more than I like the Conjuring movies. Wow. I'm going to say that my score is lower than that. See, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I've had like a, I remember before I watched it, um, I guess yesterday, if you had asked me, I'd be like, fucking Insidious is amazing. It's such a great, great horror movie. And then for some reason when I watched it, I was like, I really remember this being better. So I, I, I don't know. I feel like I need to watch it a third time and split the difference here. This is the third time I've seen this movie and it still is incredible. Like this movie does so much more for me than any of the Conjuring yeah. films. Like this was, there, there are some things about it that I, I have some nitpicks with and we'll get into it. But, um, like, this was a great film. Like, I, I was scared the whole fucking time. And this is the third time I've seen it, yeah. and I still was jumping and yelling at the TV, like, as I was watching this. I'm with John on the fact that the first time I saw it, I thought it was good. But revisiting it um, eight years later, I was bored. But do you guys have that same thing bored. with the, the Conjuring, though? Uh, no, I thought Conjuring was better. Held up, yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, wow. This one is so template cookie cutter, like, I'm very, very tired of the haunting stories because this hits every single beat. But you got to put it in context. This also I, came out eight years ago. I understand. But in 2019, <laughs> I'm bored of it. Did this enough. come out before Conjuring or after? Oh, it would have been right around the same time. I think it came out before Conjuring because I remember reading in an interview, he wanted to make this movie because after Saw, everyone was like, oh, you're just the gore director and all you do is gore films. So he wanted to do a more traditional movie starring Al like Gore. scary, but without the, uh, yeah, a goreless, a man bear pigless film. <laughs> uh, this is, this was before uh, Conjuring and it does seem like a template for a better movie. Um, this also feels like a, a, a specific time when horror was very cheap and, you know, before we hit that renaissance that we're kind of living in now, like I said, like the, the beats are so similar to movies we've already talked about the budget. Like true. The, but I think that's because we're familiar with movies that came out after this. I mean, I think we have to like, look at this as like really kind of kickstarting the whole bloom house, wait, not bloom house, but, um, I guess these are bloom house movies like, but the thing is, is yes, we need, we can consider that context, but if we're recommending these to people now, I would not recommend this film to anybody. Well, right that's now. fine. You can be wrong. Oh, yeah, but. I think that's harsh. <laughs> if you've never seen insidious, I would recommend it. I have zero interest in this concept. The, 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 the follow-ups go off the rails. Oh, see, I love the follow-ups. The, yeah. They're way different than this movie. This I is, and I'm going to get into the, the sequels because this was the first time I've ever watched a, a scary movie with ghosts. And um, been like, I have to see more of this. Like, I legit have to see more of this. And yes, the sequels are not like gonna make that anything better. But Each like, one is worse than the one after it. Uh, did you see Last Key though? I did. Oh, see, I thought Last Key that that whole ending thing. Last Key. I don't want to spoil it yet. Yeah, we'll right, get into right. it. But like, they they treated this series with so much respect, and like, I gotta give it to them. This is the Last Key was good. This was really this was really interesting because it it did a bunch. It tried some new stuff. It came back with like, here's a ghost story. But we're going to put a twist on it, which was a really interesting, good concept. Yeah, I do like you know? the fur there. I think that's cool. It's the cool. actual projection aspect. I think there's a good idea here, but I just don't really care for the movie is mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Um, to give you an idea, Paranormal Activity came out before this one. Uh, and this movie came out in the time where uh, Bloomhouse was known for not giving movies any budget. In fact, this one came out with a $1.5 million budget. Right. Are you serious? This came out with 1.5? Yeah, right. that's what it had. And he made $97 million. Holy shit, then kiss my ass. This movie was amazing then. Two years later, Conjuring came out with a $20 million budget, and I think it shows. Fair. The Blumhouse in their early days before they were, were known for like get out and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. They were, their, their template was to pay as little as possible for like 20, 30 movies at a time and hope one right. of them hits. They also filmed big. this movie in three weeks. Yeah. So Whoa. Yeah. That was what, that was, this definitely feels like that era. How are we Blumhouse. not kissing this movie's ass though? Because this is like next level shit then because. You can kiss away. I don't think it was interested <laughs> in it at all. Oh, like, Insidious. You're looking so fine. You're looking so right, girl. There so, well, I guess, we, you know, we get into the, the plot, but there's so many cool visuals, right? Like the, the red faced demon. For a million bucks. Sharpening his claws and the marionettes. And yeah. Darth Maul. All right. Yes. I mean, okay. So my roommate said the same thing. She's like, so I didn't know they cast Darth Maul in this. And I was like, not I every know. red faced demon's Darth Maul. But it Most should be. Most of them are, but <laughs> <laughs> it's where he went after he died. Yeah, cut <laughs> yeah. He became the insidious monster. Also, the scariest part of this whole movie, listening to Tiny Tim's. Um, oh, I know the stomping through the meadows <laughs> or whatever. Through, yeah, yeah, I was just like, oh boy, nope. I was going to say, man, like 
this movie has the jump the jump scares that we have lambasted other movies for. Mm-hmm. Like here it's very quiet, and then bing, 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 the loud violin strings. Oh, what, what I like about like, this uh, is they're never fake, right? They don't like no. open up a cabinet and it's a bird or a cat or whatever. It's always an actual like scare. At the very end, when that, that one guy goes to like reach into the drawer and the hand comes out of it, and that's like a huge spoiler, but like, you know, like that was the right. one time it was like very like telegraphed of like, we're going to jump at you now. We hope you're prepared because we haven't had anything happen in like three minutes here. <laughs> but, um, my, my biggest problem or my grave mistake for this movie, I'll get it out of the way, and it happens right at the fucking title screen, is the excessively loud noise soundtrack that plays anytime a jump scare happens. Yeah, anytime something violin. scary happens, it's, the violin. it's just like this. It's like this. <laughs> like in your it's 33 violins, to be oh, exact. Right. Yeah. So just one. <laughs> Like I was, I was sitting watching it, and like the cat jumped up and looked at me like you fucking asshole. I'm like, it's not me. Like, that's what I, I thought. That's it. what I was calling the movie the whole time. I was like, you fucking asshole. Like, why? That's not interesting. But anyway, but that I'm was. Gonna, I'm not gonna harp on it. That's my. To be fair though, that okay. was also before you know. Again, before like all these Blumhouse movies were like doing this kind of thing. Before yeah, the I think nun. the loud sound before the jump scare has been around for. It has, but Absolutely. this one really kind of like used it to kind of drive yeah. home its. And scares. I think that's my biggest problem. Is that a lot of it just felt cliche. I think it's an uneven film. Like I think the first yeah. half is much better than the last bit of the. When movie. When you say first half, define where your break is. Fifty-four minutes in is whenever something starts happening <laughs> of any real interest to me. I mean, I don't have a timestamp like that, but no, I just would give me think the idea, like the with a. I think like when um, he goes into the further, it starts to really like, and then I you don't say, spoil we, the you say end. once he once he first goes into the yeah. he he himself uh, yeah Josh the, the, the dad when he goes okay. into the further like the, there's some cool visuals but it's also like I don't know I feel like I'm losing the thread here a bit. I feel like I feel like you and I are in line on that because I'll, when we get to that part of the yeah. plot we'll talk about like where I I didn't think it went off the rails but I definitely think it has such a tonal shift. Here's what the back of the Blu-ray has to say. From the makers of Paranormal Activity, Insidious is the terrifying story of a family who shortly after moving discovers that dark spirits have possessed their home and that their son has inexplicably fallen into a coma. Trying to escape the haunting and save their son, they move again only to realize that it was not their house that was haunted. Is that the whole thing? Is that the whole, That's thing? whole thing? That is bullshit one that they give like a huge twist, like just right there in the back of the box. You mean like the, the coma part? Yeah, well, the fact that, yeah, that it's not the house. Because like in the initial, like, you know, yeah. first half of the movie, they make you think it's the house. Because after, when act two starts, that's that's the that's the start of act two of like, right. oh shit, it's not like the actual house. I made a note at the 20 minute mark that, that notates, that's when the kid goes into the coma. I wish the movie had started five minutes prior to the coma. <laughs> Really? Yeah, but I was bored. Didn't and... need it. Okay. They hardly even focus on the other two children. You know, eh, crying baby, big whoop, and then the other kids. Like, I'm tired <laughs> of seeing the baby, kid. Like, for all you mothers out there, in the night. I'll tell you. Here's here's the thing I remember about the first 20 minutes of the movie. When you first meet uh, the mom, uh, Rose. No, Rose is the actress. Leslie. Whatever. The mom no, and Leslie. Dalton. Renee, 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 Renee so and Dalton, they're wearing the same pajamas. Okay. I actually have a note. I was like, did you guys ever have matching pajamas with your mother? No, that, so that's some weird. fucking Norman Bates level shit yeah. right there. Oh, come on. You've seen the photos of the, the whole family's going on vacation and they're all wearing the same shirt. As a know? family who wasn't completely full of psychopaths, we never did that. So, um, no. <laughs> no. I think you're just, don't call all of suburbia psychopaths. Well, if you're wearing the same pajamas as your mom <coughs> and you're a boy on top of that, <sighs> you get them at a discounted rate. It's a family rate. Okay, someone's gonna have some things to work yeah. out later. And then on. the second thing I remember, which is a, a total nitpick, is there's an important, not even important. There's just a scene where she's yelling "agent" on the phone a lot. Yeah, and she's in an automated menu, right? And then she goes. I'd like to keep my number. Can I get that tonight? And those are, it, it goes from her just yelling agent to I'd like to keep, it's like, this person doesn't know your name. Within, within like know half you, a minute, yes. yes. It's like, and the, the person picked up is like, quick, tell me what your problem is. Like, yeah. Like, it's like, no. <laughs> Who are you? What is your number? Like, yeah. those are the two, so I guess it is boring. Thank you for calling Spectrum. <laughs> you <nothing>. know, anything. <laughs> just right into what you want and then she hangs up. It's like, you're not going to keep that number. <laughs> the only thing worthwhile from the first 20 minutes is oh to reveal God. that the, the dad is kind of unable to deal with 
the family's problems as like a, a group. And he eats wax fruit because he doesn't well, apparently know what. One, he see, I thought, I thought he did that as a joke. I thought he did that as kind of like a to make the kids. Oh, laugh. was it? Because I, I don't know. I felt because he, he kind of really looked at he goes, he goes like, "Why do we have wax fruit? What's up with wax fruit?" You know, you're like, "Oh my god, I, what's the deal with wax fruit?" So, um, no, I mean, I thought the intro like definitely had some boringness is it to wax it. Wax or is it fruit? But there, oh my god, Jerry Seinfeld, ladies and gentlemen, That's right? Um, <laughs> anyway. I thought, yeah, a lot of the stuff at the house was interesting, but I'm glad they did that because the first thing I couldn't figure out is this dude's a teacher, a high school teacher, yes. a public high school teacher, it looks like. And the wife is an out of work, like musician, I, I guess. She wants to be a musician. She was something else. And then and she's quit a stay at home mom at this point. Yeah, to become a musician. And they live in a house that has to cost easily two million bucks. Oh, it's huge. It's insanely. I was like, there's no way anyone in this family affords this house. But we kind of find out later that that house was, uh, mm. you know. It was like, was that House Hunter show? The guy's like, I sharpen pencils. And the other one's like, oh, I color in fucking crayons. They're like, my budget's $7 million. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, watch, I, don't, I don't watch that. Oh, it's crazy. But yeah, they live in this massive house that I'm like, I don't know how they got there. But yeah, the dad definitely, we're supposed to get that the dad is kind of not disconnected, but he kind of just is is involved with the the day-to-day family life of it. And the other thing we learn is that this woman's baby will not shut the fuck up. Big crier. Oh my God, crying all... And she even makes a note about it. She's like, you didn't cry near as much as your younger sister. And I was like, no shit, because this baby has not shut up the entirety of this (laughs) opening scene. It's like being in a terrible airplane flight. (laughs) Yeah, so as the back of the box stated, they just moved into this house. And they make a big point to go, like, to show that uh, the wife is missing her music pages. Sheet music, yeah. Sheet music, which I don't know if that played into the story whatsoever, but it was such a big deal. It was just to show that shit's already, like, weird. Like, shit's missing, you know? (laughs) She put some books on a little bookshelf that get knocked off. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, she put some books on a bookshelf that eventually get knocked off by themselves because no one's in the room. Right. All the kids are in the kitchen. The dad goes to work. So you got to get the idea that he's not there as much as she is. And then we get like, I guess, like maybe 10, 15 minutes of random shit in the house, kind of getting a feel for the house, realizing that things aren't what they're supposed to be. Uh, Random noises. She goes up to the attic and there's a furnace up in the attic that kind of seems to light itself. We hear her sing and it's like, "Mm, I don't think you're going to make it. Oh, I was like, oh boy. Not with those lyrics. (laughs) She better start writing jingles for Burger King or something. That's it. Look, this was the heyday of Lil' Affair. Okay. (laughs) She was, she had a dream. Okay. So, kid, (laughs) let's just get into it. Uh, Kid goes into a coma. Dalton. He goes into the coma because before that, the mom's downstairs singing her her beautiful little number Put that him she's in a working coma. on. Put him in a coma and be flat. Um, it's a really ironic song name like, considering what's like about to happen. Like putting on the Ritz only, you know. <laughs> and then she's got a baby monitor on top of her piano. Oh, right. And the and, the, and so this, this room has like 90 million rooms. This house has 90 million rooms. And then she hears what sounds like a creepy grown man like whispering saying something over this baby monitor and she's like what the fuck it says give it to me give it to me now now i wrote it can down. you say that again a little sexier mark <laughs> give it to me now. okay no don't really do it i'm just kidding um <laughs> and then she does the thing that i think no real life parent would do which is pick up the baby monitor and just listen stare to it. at it for a yeah. little while and Run then the walk to upstairs. the base of the stairs <laughs> and then kind of look up like uh that's probably coming from upstairs. Yeah. Like your baby has a grown person's voice right. in its room. You run as fast as humanly possible Fucking to that danger. Room. Like- Bum rush the show. <laughs> I'm saying go for it. And when she gets up there, she does see a face inside of like the sheet above the crib. Yeah. Good, good scare. Yeah. It was a nice little like kind of subtle, like exorcist kind of like visual uh, Dalton, one of the brothers. Yeah. They're twins, I guess. Are they twins? Oh, they look like they're about the same age, but who knows? He like uh, encounters the spirit up in the attic. Yes. Gets freaked the fuck out. Is screaming. They hear it from like downstairs because the dad's at home. It's nighttime. Right. And they're like, where's your brother? He's like, oh, he's off exploring. And then um, he falls, freaks the fuck out. They go up there and like, what's wrong? He's encountered whatever it is, this malevolent thing. That's the night he falls into the coma. Mm. So like the, Dalton experiences this up in the attic and then the next day he's in the coma and the dad finds him and is like, what the fuck? And then we smash cut to immediately like the hospital. Yeah. We're like, we have no idea what's going on. We can't figure it out. And then smash cut immediately to the house where they've got full on medical gear in yeah. the house. And this is where we start getting all the like the little random things where the other brother is like, 
you know, scared because he's like, I don't like it when Dalton walks around the house at night. And the, the mom's like, what the fuck are you talking it about? Doesn't Dalton complain about his room in that 20, early 20 minutes too. He's yes, like, he does. Like he's like, room. I don't like that room because yeah, somebody's there or whatever. Yeah, that's so, before the coma. But yeah, yeah so they plant some seeds that some weird shit's going on. Cause it really, it really builds up that this might be the house, which was the big red herring. Like right. they build up like unless this you read house. the back of the box. Unless you read the back <laughs> of the box. But yeah, so you think the house itself is fucked up. The dad's downstairs sleeping on the couch. And there's some other stuff that happens beforehand to kind of like show that the house is haunted. But she's like, you have to believe me. She doesn't ask him to believe it. She just says, you have to believe me. Is that where they fight? This is where the mom. shows her the bloody sheet that she's Mm, been like holding. Yes. Yes, that's correct. And then mom sees a Swedish metal band bass guitarist. And there's been haunted by cheesy European metal group, probably in need of gas money or some flagons of ale. (laughs) Maybe some sweet cosplay made into bed for the night. One of the fucking ghosts looks like he came straight out of a Norse metal band. And I was like, what the fuck is this ghost? I thought it was a good looking ghost. He was a long haired middle aged dude in a leather jacket. He he was missing his like lower like mouth area. It was all ripped off. I mean, it was pretty creepy. I don't Remember, know what you're point. talking. He about just had right he just now. had long black hair. If you didn't look, the the, the ghost he had, had a like mouth. His, no, he was missing about. the lower part of his mouth, dude. Like, no, he was not. This is uh, oh my goodness. This is the most heated I've ever seen Mark get about a movie. I'm this is, so bored of this movie already. Retalking about it, but this movie is great. Go ahead. Yeah, I this think you're fantastic. You're, uh, <laughs> On the far, and you're normally where I am on these kind of things. So anyway, long story short, a bunch of cool, awesome, crazy shit happens. Made me jump and scream at my TV multiple times. You see some giant red handprints on the bed sheets of Dalton's room, which is now thrashed. Um, the mom gets attacked by the somewhat normal looking guy with long black hair and a what looks to be a trench coat and then missing part of his what, lower face. What movie did we watch that had the clap game? That was a conjuring. The con- so man, they use so many of the same oh, ideas. So similar. The thing is, like, I watched this movie. That's why I asked which one came yeah. out first because I feel like I was like the conjuring. I felt like the conjuring ripped a lot of this movie off because they had and, like a hide and seek kind of. Oh, Mark's bringing the evidence. Yeah, but like, look at his mouth. It's jaw. all. Fu- well, I mean, I'd say I'd say he's missing his jaws. He's listening. <laughs> yes, you did. You this- said it's a black hole. He had no jaw. I did not say it's a black hole. It's like he's missing the oh. skin and stuff from the front of his mouth. He's in the Lords of Thunder from oh my North God. Sweden. Region. Okay, Mark, just we get it. You didn't North like this movie. Sweden region. Okay, <laughs> so he looks like Bobo Loki. Uh, he um, does look like a poor, like a not like if a poor cosplay of Loki. Yes, and so um, the, the mom gets attacked. What talking about oh, Darth, the clap game, Darth Maul and Loki. Yes, right. It felt like the Conjuring ripped a lot of this right, movie off because they had that kid who's like hiding in the in the uh, the dresser, and then he jumps out and mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. Conjuring esque. Yeah, and so she sees that, and then basically she tells the the dad comes home because he's been like not coming home more and more. He's been finding reasons to stay away because that's where we find out he can't deal with stress. And then um, she's like, "I can't deal with this place. We have to move." And he's like, "Okay." And I was like, "That is the most reasonable response anyone's ever had in a horror movie." Doesn't that weird alarm thing happen too? I think that's yes. when he starts to believe. Like, yeah. So basically, the the house alarm is going off. The door is getting knocked on. There's no one there. There's a bunch of like random shit that happens in this house to make you think this house is fucking haunted. He's experiencing some of it, but he's not seeing the ghost. The wife saw a ghost. She's seen some things. He's seen the sheet with the handprint, the giant like taloned handprint. And then she's like, you got to believe me. I don't want to live here anymore. We got to go. And he's like, done. <laughs> and they move. Bam. Smash cut to the new house, which seems much more in their price range. <laughs> yeah, what they do with the old house? It's um, a fast sell. It's a, it's a, hey, look, it was highly motivated seller. <laughs> okay. Sold it to the Norwegian band. Oh, oh my God. No. <laughs> yes, they moved in so they could record yeah. their new album. And then like baby a, monitor. <laughs> a whole different movie starts where they're like, JK was in the house. Actually, uh, this thing is following you. Well, that's when we get well, the first. Yeah. We finally get Lynn Shay to come in, right? Because they're like, we're going to bring in the specialty team. Well, no, the, the mom, mom, the mom come, brings it. Yeah. So that's the thing. Right. So, <laughs> well, they bring in a priest, right? Or, yeah. Or, or, because like, is this the start of a religious. joke? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like they move into this new place and they think, okay, cool. Things are good. But no, the mom is at home getting everything set up. This, every room in this house is connected, which was like really drove me nuts. Like no room is separate from any room. Like you can get to any other room from like <laughs> multiple doors. <laughs> and then she goes outside to throw some trash away and she sees that little boy Inside dancing to Tiny Tim's, um, whatever the fuck the name of that song is. Are you talking is. about the newsy kid who jumps out of a cabinet? He's got a little sailor's outfit, yeah. Yeah. Because she's listening Scary to ghost, she's listening to a song on the, the record player, and then it changes. They're supposed to, to be dead people, not necessarily demons. Yeah. 
That's the thing is, it was just some of them are demons, some of them are just dead people. Yeah, they're not all like demons. So this kid's like just basically like <laughs> Mark, <does laughs> Mark just like threw that. his hands up in the air. Um, so yeah, this kid changes the record. She sees it. She's like, "What the hell?" Runs inside. The kid's gone. Bruh. Something happens where yeah. basically she's like, "Oh my god, the red handprint shit is still here." It does very much blur together. I will, in Mark's defense, admit large parts of this movie have seemed to vanish from my memory already, and I just watched it. See, I remember it all perfectly. Like this movie really stuck with me, like every little aspect of it. I remember certain segments very clear and then all the filler parts not as clear. So you realize to to burn through like all the really cool shit that happens in this movie, like (laughs) um, you realize all this stuff is still happening. It's not the actual house. And then we cut to the the father coming home and there's a priest inside. And like you said, he's like, this is a bad joke. A man comes home to find his (laughs) wife with a priest. And then his mom walks out and was like, I called him. And he's like, Mom, what are you doing here? And she's like, your wife's not crazy. I've seen this kind of crazy shit before. And he's like, okay, I'll placate you guys. And then she's like, no, this is legit. The room gets ransacked. Dalton's room gets ransacked. And then she's like, the mom's like, I know someone who can help. That's when we call Lin Shay. They they send over Specs and the other guy first. Yes. And then they um, investigate the house. They're like little Ghostbusters. Yeah, we've done this scene in several movies. We bring over the specialty team. They check out the house and go... Call in the lady. Bring in the real specialist. <laughs> yeah. And Specs and... What's I've never seen name? Mark hate a movie so Dude, much. Dude, Mark is really bitter about this one. <laughs> I was so bored. Specs and... Uh, what's what's the other guy's name, Mark? I think it's Tucker. Tucker. Tucker that's what it is. Yep, that Specs is right. and Tucker. And they've got... And, and Tucker's like this like kind of nerdy tech dude and specs is this kind of like, you know, just kind of dorky, you know, like he finds like a star Trek figurine. He's like, Oh, too bad. It's out of the box. Should have kept in the box. Yeah, that kind of shit. He's like, Oh, these are our cool little toys. And then like Tucker's like, they're not toys. They're tools. And then um, it's like the, the, to Mark's point, it is like the poltergeist scene or the, but it's done well. Conjuring, but it's very later, but this was done before the conjuring. So you can't hold that against it. Two years later. Got to hold against the conjuring. Yeah. Hold it. Fuck the conjuring. But um, insidious. (laughs) Again, my point is in 2019, I would recommend so many movies before I would say this one. Yeah, but we've watched so many terrible movies on this <laughs> podcast, and this is the first one I've seen you like physically be mad about. Like, I yeah, can't believe I watched this. Really, just annoyed by this one. <laughs> and then, I am. Um, <laughs> so I think okay. Here's I think my my large problem is give us your hot take, Mark. It is such a jump scare heavy film. It's so reliant on the violin strings. I didn't find any of the ghosts particularly scary in the least. They're just actors in costumes. And then we had Darth Maul, the monster. And then when we get to the further, it's like, okay, now it's just set in like some, you know, upside down 1920s esque, like reading room. I'm just like, none of this feels 1920s. It's the same house. Just the same house. Just in different times. Yeah. But they've got like a phonograph playing a record. Like it's 1930. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, here's some creepy props. We're going to go through. Don't you have uh, retro video game machines in your house, Mark? Don't you have an Atari 2600? Why can't they have a phonograph? None of them them scare me. None of the game consoles. The the phonograph didn't scare her either, but like, but it's setting a mood. It's just trying to be creepy. Hey, I'm allowed to voice my opinion. and You need to stop cutting me off. You are now. I've said my piece. Get back to telling us about this movie. Oh, I'm just saying, like, you were so upset over the wrong things here. Like, there's Why? so many things I'll give you, but, like, being mad that they have a phonograph? No, I was I was saying that the set, the, the, the setting, set, the, set, the drop settings or whatever you call it, the set is, it's not creepy. None okay. of it's creepy. And it's so heavily reliant on the loud bang and jump noises. Like, I was like, okay, I know what you're doing, movie, and it doesn't work. I'm on to you, film. (laughs) (laughs) But The Conjuring did the same exact thing, and you weren't this, like, livid about The Conjuring. it didn't. It did everything so much better. It it was a more polished version. I will give it that. I don't have the same visceral hate for this movie. (laughs) Visceral is is a good word. That is animating Mark, but but I do agree. And knowing that it only had $1.5 million to work with, I think explains some of the shitty ghosts. Because they couldn't really spend a lot of money. They probably just went to the local, you know, haunted house uh, and was like, y'all are some actors. Come on down. Do your routine in here real quick. Let me film you. Yeah, a lady with a creepy smile that shotguns like off screen. Uh, You know, a family sitting on a couch was like, okay, well, that was a thing. She killed her whole family. But they didn't show us. Theater of the mind. Mm -mm. (laughs) He's like, I want Mm -mm. theater of the eyes. Okay. (laughs) Um... So eventually what happens, they call in Lin Shay <laughs> and they're like, all right, Josh, here's, here's the 411. I'm going to break it down for you. This is actually your fault. 
This happened when you were a kid and we fucking blanked your memory, men in black style. If you look at all of your family photos, you've never noticed, but there is a creepy person. Uh, I used to think it was a broken camera, but it turns out that it was not that. It was a, a demon following your ass around because you also astral project. Um, and then dun, dun, dun. Well, you find out. Lynn Shea says that your son's astral projecting. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's a, that, before the <laughs> before the great reveal that John just jumped into, I understand they're very similar in aspect, but like the way they're presented. But the first one is, is like your son is astral projecting and going to a place that I call the further, which is basically like a dark, creepy limbo place that you can go to. And she's like, he's one or two far from his body. And um, yeah, you know, he's lost now. And every, every all these spirits, whether malevolent or just not malevolent or just ghosts in general, want to inhabit his, you know, physical form as a way to get back to be living again. And so he's like, what the fuck? You're crazy. Get the shit out of here. And then his mom goes, the reason I knew to call Elise in this situation, the reason I know her so well is because I called her myself once years ago to help you. What are you talking about, Mom? It's no accident that your son is a gifted traveler. The ability was handed down to him by his father. Which was a great reveal. I was like, oh, you got to feel like shit now. Right, because he was kind of a dick about the whole thing. Though it makes you wonder, how do you forget to astral project? Because they're doing it in their sleep. So when his subconscious... But well, when they showed him dreaming, it kind of gave the attention, like maybe he thought he was just dreaming, but maybe he actually was. But yes, they did kind of like not really explain how he suddenly forgot the ability. (laughs) Do you you guys not feel that the grandmother is mostly responsible for the effects that transpire in this film? Because she hid what happened to him so he could not prepare his son. And then like... The, the, how many times did they bring up, oh, the kid's like sleepwalking or, you know, like right. all this shit's going on. The mother, the grandmother never fucking stepped in. It was like, I know what's happening. Oh, one, of, one of my notes says is like, butt. you're dead to me, mom. Like I was yeah, like, yeah. I'd be so pissed. Yeah. Anyway, like I love the idea that this movie is presented with the astral projection stuff. I think it's very interesting. So when I'm yelling at the movie, it's my, my, my disappointment in it as a horror film, not so much the idea that's okay. in the film. There's a, there's a line where the wife is like, like, we should try this whole thing that Lynn Shay is like, she's like, well, since you know how to astral project, you can go in there and try to get him. And he's like, this is fucking bullshit and crazy. I'm not going to do this. And the wife goes, why won't you do this for me? And he's like, I moved houses for you. And I was like, you know what? That is a fair, fair answer because no questions asked. He left a million dollar house for this small little piece of shit, which was still a nice house, but still like much smaller. And he like, no questions asked, moved her. And if she's going to hold that against him, I was like, fuck you. I was like, that's not cool. He totally moved houses for you. I mean, in the real world, his <laughs> his skepticism is exactly how I would react to like someone walking into my house and be like, your boy just astral projected his ass to the moon. But they show the photos. They're like, look at this photo. I'm saying in a real world setting. Oh, all right. Fair enough. Fair I'm, enough. I'm on board with his skepticism. Yes. Until the photographic evidence, then I'd be like, oh, fuck. I guess I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Lynn Shea at that point is like, I'm going to do a seance. I'm going to try to reach out to Dalton. She used to wear a gas mask. That was cool. That I was laughed. pretty creepy. That oh whole, I laughed when she put that mask on. I was like, what the fuck is this? So it, it, and, and basically she put the tube part of the, uh, the nose onto the ear of Speck so he could hear what she was saying and he was going to like relay. And so she's like, where are you? She's basically trying to find Dalton. And he's like, you have to be quiet or they'll hear you. Hear you. And she's like, no, it's fine. I'm not scared. And he's like, no, you have to be quiet. And he's like, too late. They heard you. Yeah. And then she starts getting fucked up. Like every movie seance ever, it it just falls apart. It goes tits up. (laughs) And Dalton's like comatose body ends up standing next to the table. And he's got like crazy powers. He's knocking people around the room. He's flipping tables. And you think that the kid. Were you laughing the whole time during this, Mark? No, I, I put movie is finally worth watching at minute 54. Oh, all right. Mark's on board here. <laughs> okay. A minute 56, he put movie done being worth watching. <laughs> um, so everything goes crazy. They're snapping pictures. There's all this equipment. It looks like the kid has got these powers and knocking everyone around. The seance ends. At this point, the dad, Patrick, is like completely on board. Like he's just like. You have to be really off like the wall to not be like, holy shit, some weird shit. Yeah, I just got knocked across the room with my kid. The the um, Norwegian band member shows up and missing his mouth area starts <laughs> licking his wife's face. Fully jawed. Licking her He face. has a jaw, but his skin around his mouth and everything is like ripped away <laughs> and starts licking his wife's face. He goes to move that guy, gets knocked across the room. So all said and done, they're looking at the aftermath and um, 
Tucker was like, check this out. And he's got like a, a camera where he's taking pictures and he freezes on one frame and you actually see the big Darth Maul demon like moving the little kid's hands around and he's the yeah, one like controlling the kid like a puppet knocking everyone around the room. So the, the malevolent demon that really wants inside Dalton's body is now in game. He's going for it. Yeah. That's when they realize that they have to send Patrick into the uh, astral projection further to basically get Dalton. And then we cut to the end scene where this is where I agree with you, John. Yeah, I, this the is the tonal shift like of the movie. Yes. The tonal shift of the movie at this point became so like, okay, here's the beats. Here's what we have to put on screen to basically like, you know, meet our quota of horror yeah. movie stuff. But it was still very cool, for, like, especially now that I know there was only a million dollar budget. I'm like, True. holy shit, this is actually really good. It was like a less successful version of Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Yeah. Where, um, fuck, whatever her name is, had to go save her kid. It's very similar to that. If you've seen that, you've seen this scene, except it's much darker. Here's my notes on the further. The further is the area that the sun is lost in between right. heaven, hell, right. living, All dead, whatever. Uh, right. When you die, you go to the further. Most people pass on. Some people don't want to be dead, so they hang out there hoping to jump into a, a, a body. That's the gist of the further. Yeah. yeah. And I put that it's not weird enough. I said it's almost like a TV family vibe in a dark with smoke machines. Uh, well, it's just you say it looks low budget. Is that what you would yeah, say? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like and maybe I they only had a million that. and a half dollars. I've seen people do more with less. <laughs> well, they said that they said the further is basically just like a dark version of our world. So yeah. like when he when he's like walking around in the dark further, he's in the same house he's in, except it's back when like the 1940s or whatever it is. And then why is he running through the neighborhood? Because it's an entire world. Our entire world right. exists it's on like multiple. But if he's down. in the, the same house, plane, why does he need to run through the neighborhood? Because he actually has to leave it to go find. Because remember, he ends up at the old house. Yeah, he can't find. He's got to find his kid. He's not in his. He's current running house. through the world, basically. Uh, different house. Different house. Yeah, yes, they he runs back two, to the There's original two houses house. in the movie. You might want to flowchart that. Remember the original house they moved out of. <laughs> is that he where goes, he's been hidden? Yes, yeah. he goes the back to down that. other house. Yes, yes, because the astral plane is basically just a different version of our our reality. Yeah, it's like slightly to the left. Yeah, fine. So, <laughs> Continue, please. <laughs> So anyway, he ends up back at the old house, <laughs> sees the great. red room that, um, and I'm so glad they didn't pay, play uh, Paint It Black by the Rolling Stones in this movie, because <laughs> it was like, I see a red door and I want to paint it black. Like everything's so black and there's this giant yeah. red door. And I was like, thank you for not going it right on the nose. It is such a dark movie. I had to turn yeah. off all the lights in my house to see anything. And the red door was guarded by a European metal boy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, he was there. He tried to stop. And that's when Lynn Shay's is like, you really don't hate forget. That guy. <laughs> Don't forget, you're still living. You have more power than them. And then so Josh knocks the uh, the the ghost back, goes into the red room. And this is like a completely like little pocket like area where the demon, the Darth Maul demon lives. Yeah. And that's where Dalton's being held. And he mostly spends his time sharpening his claws and making puppets. Oh, I have a note. Listening like, of course, to his phonograph. I yeah, was like, of course this a- asshole has puppets. That was <laughs> one of my notes. I was like, this fucking demon. I thought that was great. You didn't like that, like, seeing that visual? The Tiny Tim of, like, funny. that was so good. Okay. Like, he lived in this weird little, like, fantasy realm that he yeah. created for himself where everything he liked was just a little bit creepy. I was like... So do they have access to all of our music in the further? I think they just have access to this one song. Who's at that one track? Yeah, see, yeah. here's what happened. Licensing, the, licensing issues in the astral plane are very difficult to get all around. All the other artists moved on. That one artist was like, you know what? Tiny Tim is stuck in the astral yeah. plane. He's stuck in the further, <laughs> so his music gets to be there. Okay. That's, oh, him and Yanni. That's it. <laughs> I'll accept that. <laughs> Holy shit, that's amazing. That's actually (laughs) great, John. Um, But yeah, so he finds Dalton. Um, The demon sees them. He's like, we're going to get you out of here. And he's like, it's too late. He sees, he's looking right at us. You turn around, the demon's like staring at them. And this is the end game. Basically at this point now, the dad, Josh, has to get Dalton back to their bodies in time before they get like possessed. They're being overwhelmed in the astral plane by different demons and spirits and ghosts and stuff like that. So the struggle to get back is kind of, you know, there. It's very kind of creepily visual, right. exceptionally dark, as you stated. Yeah. Whew. But I'm sure that was a budgetary issue. Right. And it probably looked the good less the we theater. see, the less we have to spend. <laughs> True. Um, so the ghosts are now full on attacking the, the house. Yeah, Specs, the wife, mess. Lynn Shay. They're like, oh, my God. Like, it's like the Royal Rumble of yes. ghosts. <laughs> Dalton, the little kid, gets back in his body. Um, so he's good. And then we we see um, the dad, Josh, get back in his body. Now, one little quick note that we left out earlier is when we talk about the pictures, how like we saw that the, 
the dad used to astral project, he was haunted by a specific ghost, right. a really creepy lady in a black like wedding outfit. I think they call the Black Bride. Yes, and she had like imprinted on. Is that a name she got in the sequels, or is that? Yeah, it's in the. Yeah, sequels. it's in the sequels, and she plays prominent in a couple of them. Yeah, two and three, like her story essentially. Yes. Some of those look like prequels to this. Oh yeah, they are. I'll, we'll go over all that. All the, this is the first movie, but I think it's the last in the timeline. No, number two is. Oh yeah, so number, two number two is, is. right. Right. So right, the last key, right the this. fourth one is the first movie. The mm-hmm. third one is the second movie. Number one is the third movie, right. and then number two is the at last the one, the fourth. Somebody needs to tell Insidious how numbers work. It works really well. <laughs> <but> <laughs> yes. It ends up playing because well, we'll get to we'll it. Get to they that, have to go backwards. If all right, they want. finish yeah, the yeah. movie, Garrett. So the <laughs> sorry for derailing. That. So anyway, he's he's haunted by a specific ghost, and then basically like he hasn't had a problem with it. He runs into that ghost in the astral plane. He gets back into his body. Bada bing, bada boom. Everything seems to be okay. Dalton, the kid's back. Patrick seems, not Patrick, but Josh seems to be back and everything's okay. Lynn Shea is talking to Josh, the dad. And she's like, I'm so glad you did what you had to do. You know, thank you. And he's like, yeah, it was really tough. He looks a little scruffy too. Yeah, he looks like a little bit out of it. And Lynn Shea's like, okay, something's going on here. She's like, I'm so glad that you were able to do this. She turns around with a camera, flashes a picture. It's like, you could have done this way smarter, Lynch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She like just wanted to like verify. She snaps a picture and then Josh goes, why did you do that? Why would you do that to me when you know how I feel about that? Why? 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 And we don't see what she saw, but then Josh immediately starts choking Lin Shay to death and kills her. Like, just chokes her out. Like, she's dead. The mom walks back Got in the room. Dead. Dead death. <laughs> <laughs> put, a, put a fine by death. point on it. <laughs> the mom walks in the room and is like, oh my God, Lin Shay, you know, like, what happened? We're, her name's Elise, but like, we keep calling her Lin Shay. Um, She's like, oh my God, what happened? And she's like, she picks up the camera, looks in the camera and sees that Josh actually isn't there and that the Black Bride actually did infest Josh's body and has been taken over. She quickly sees Josh standing right next to her and she's like, like, and he says something and scares her. Yeah. Cut to credits. That's it. So it's a bad ending. It's a bad ending. It's an ending if you really want a sequel. Yes. I mean, you could have left it alone though. Like, I mean, I granted for a million bucks and making like what, 90? You're getting a sequel. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, they made, um, uh, it made $97 million. I think it was the most profitable movie in 2011. That's the craziest shit. Like but, this spread so between the, money spent and money earned. Is the second movie is like, I saw the trailer. It's like, oh, no, there's something wrong with your dad. Right. It picks up yeah. like immediately. Yeah. When so the ends. wife, Specs, and um, Tucker are going to basically get the dad back. So they they go to get the they, they go to fix the whole thing with the yeah. dad. But Lynn Shea's in it. Is she in the further now? Is that what? Yes, yes. Okay. She's in the further. It's, I, I, this, uh, the second one's the weakest of all yeah, the movies. It's kind of a mess. I don't know. I don't know. I think the third one with the girl. I like the third one a lot because it posits some different concepts, and we don't have to deal yeah. with the family aspect, Fair, which I really God, like. Yeah, that second one is weird because Josh now has superpowers, pretty much. Mm. Like, well, I mean, he's being puppeted. Yeah. by the Black Bride. And so. so, which is similar to um, Darth Maul puppeting Dalton, right? So, like, he's got some he's got some powers. So, basically, right. yeah. So the that's the first one, amazing movie. The second one, so so. I, I see you rolling your eyes. I said it for a reason, <laughs> Mark. Um, the second one, so so. The third one actually takes place um, when Lin Shay kind of meets Tucker and Specs, and they're they're kind of their or, not origin story, but they're kind of like beginning process yeah. of becoming who they are and working together. And that's a whole different little side story, but it takes place at some of the same locations. That's where she starts really kind of understanding the further as a, like a professional right. in the third one. Then the fourth one insidious, the last key, I think is what it's called yes. is the origin story to Lynn Shay. Like you find out that like, she didn't know what astral projection was. Her dad didn't believe it at the time. They like lived next to a nuclear yeah. facility. She had like a real fucked up childhood, she had a really fucked up childhood. And you find out that like, at the end of that movie, I'm going to spoil the shit out of like the last key and the first movie during the, the climax of the final movie, she runs through the, the further and is like doing all these things to get away and kind of stop this like final door from being open, which links the two worlds permanently. So she's doing all these things. She's like running away and she leaves a door open. She runs up to a house and starts hitting on the door to try to be let in. That's the knock that we hear in the first movie. 
So all this stuff that happens in the final scenes of number four is all the crazy haunted shit that was happening in the first movie's house that they moved away from. So when you thought that house was haunted, that was Lynn Shay trying to stop like the further apocalypse, if you will. It's a and cool. It, movie. It's I a do really, like how they tied, tied it together. so well. It, they did it so well, and they did open it up because time is very fluid in the further. They yep. could bring Lin Shay back. Yes, if they uh, if so they really chose. wanted to. But yeah. yeah, it's um, it's pretty crazy, and they run into like younger versions of themselves and older versions of themselves. <laughs> um, it gets into a Mark real science. in. It's a really sciencey aspect of the third, the fourth one. But <laughs> yeah, they they actually took the fourth one and tied it into the first one. So great! This is the first time I've actually watched an entire like ghost movie yeah. series and been like, okay, I'm on board. So the Insidious uh, universe is in your cup of tea, huh? Mm-mm. Just not your jam. There's better things out there, and that's fine. That's... Here's some taglines for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> What's in that picture? No, that's not. We a need tagline. to save Dalton. Dot dot dot. Now. The further you travel, the darker it gets. It's not the house that's haunted. Insidious is dot, dot, dot. Those are five separate taglines. No. Movie. No. Those are all on IMDb. Yeah, that you probably put there. In <laughs> did you update it, Mark? <laughs> yes, I did. It's I like, can't... what's Darth Maul doing in this movie? That's my tagline. <laughs> they didn't have tagline money left over. <laughs> all right, okay. so. But look, this was actually kind of cool that this movie, like, again, let's look at the time. Let's look at what they did. They had an interesting concept for the ghost realm. Astral yes. projection had not really been done in this way before. Um, they had a bad ending, which we didn't really see, We don't really see a lot of in bad horror endings? movies. That's all we see in horror movies. Well, I mean, not like at the time. At the time, we were getting a lot of like, like oh, thank God oh, you we mean got the bad away. guy wins. Yes. Oh, he's a bad uh, No, ending. no, I didn't mean like shitty endings. <laughs> like, we get tons of those. Yeah. In fact, we're going to talk about a movie pretty soon that has a really abrupt shitty ending. <laughs> but All um, the paranormal movies in that way. That's true. They do. But they all yeah. have that kind of like, hey, we're safe now. Hey, let, we got away. You know, like, hey, this one really kind of like, That's oh, you're true. fucked. Mm, paranormal one. Everybody's dead and she wanders off. Right. Paranormal kill one. everyone in paranormal yeah, two. Paranormal, paranormal activity one. How are we still not and done paranormal activity two. They all yeah. die. And the, the, oh, the sister God, gets I away. God about it. You want to talk about a long ass, dry, boring fucking movie. Oh. Paranormal activity is like the quintessential. Like, I hope you can do your taxes at the same time. Cause you need so something thoughts to do. on that movie. One, one day, one, one in, day listeners. <laughs> one in three are better than this movie. Wait, one in three. Paranormal right, activity. One in three are better than this movie. Ooh, Shots I, I, fired. I, if you can make... Can we edit some shots in there? <laughs> <laughs> sure. A couple of changes. Let's say one or two changes to Insidious. What, to make it better, what would you do? Yes, give us three changes. Uh, tone down the jump scares. The, mm-hmm. I think they're cheap, and for me, that stuff never works. Let me, so let me ask you a question about in that. The least. When you say tone down the jump scares, do you mean like the audio yes. or do you mean like just like the the scare itself? The loud bangs, it's supposed to warrant a jump in you. Okay, so... Or the so, violin noises that were way too loud. So change the, the audio film. cues of the jump scares. Sure. Okay, absolutely. so that's one. Um, uh, let's see. And I'll give you that one. I'll, I'll 100% yeah. agree with you on that one. It works. People do it because it works. That's I know. part of it. I though. know. I also don't think the movie... I think the movie can be shortened down... By a good 15, 20 minutes. Isn't it only 90 minutes? It's only 90 minutes. 143 minutes? All right. Oh, yeah, 143? Okay, 102 minutes. How long is that? Right, hour 42 minutes. All right, yeah, you can cut Like I said, <laughs> you can yeah. cut down 10, 20 minutes. That would improve it. Okay. Um, and also, again, like I said, guys, I've already seen this plot. Like the, like the, the beat for beat cliche, like poltergeist scenes we've already done this. Like I just don't think it did any of this stuff better. Now. The idea in the movie I like. I like the astral projection. I like that, you know, hey, the, the dad was, you know, haunted as a kid mm-hmm. also. All that stuff is cool. But everything else that's stressed around it, I've already seen done better. Even in 2011, Poltergeist is such a better film than this. Fair. But knowing this is uh, James Wan's first kind of ghost film, maybe this is just they had him do a little paint by numbers, put on some training wheels so he could go do cooler shit later. Perhaps it is. And I'm not saying this movie is not significant for reasons of that nature, but in 2019, I'm not going to recommend this over other movies. All right. If I'm going to watch this in 2019, I'm telling you how 2019 me feels. So you're, you're comparing these movies to when you watch them right now. You're not comparing to them as like, you know, like as of right now. Yes. I, I told you at the top of the episode in 2011, I like this movie. Right. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right. And that's my point. See, like, I watch movies. I guess I watch movies in more of the like, like, not like, do I like them now? I, I, I like, 
do they do they stand on their own for what they were when they were and how they were? It's like when we talked about Blair Witch, you know, like I find Blair Witch to be incredibly boring. But if I watch it as like like as if I was seeing it like around that time or like my first time and stuff like that, it's like, wow, OK, this is actually I can see the merit and see the quality of this. But film. that movie made such a bigger splash than this one did. I think you could literally forget this film entirely if you're looking at the genre of horror as a whole. I don't think this is even going to make a dip on the graph. This is this like I said. This one is going to get shuffled in with every movie that's exactly like it, and I think it's pretty forgettable today. But the same with slasher I don't flicks. Disagree. Slasher. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm saying like even slasher flicks are all the same fucking type of like format and play by play. I mean, and we're not and, like and judging and all, all these current ones that come out against the same thing. Like it's not Jason Two. I think a lot of those movies are shuffled in and forgotten about. I mean, we dug up um, fucking we the one up. with Marty Ranson. Like, no. you know what I'm saying? Like, that is just like all the you other fucking movies. watch your mouth before you start talking about <laughs> Slaughter High, sir. I thought okay. that movie was all right. Uh, you guys liked it a lot more than I did. Oh, that I'm movie was a home you, run, like, man. You're, you're, you're bringing... <laughs> Up top, John. <laughs> That's fine. Bam! Oh, high five. <laughs> and you guys are welcome to like that film. You guys are welcome to like Insidious. But again, oh, from thank my, you for your, your yeah. blessing. You're welcome. No, you're welcome. I, I am with the audience on Insidious. Was it 62%? That's where I would put it. In 2019, in 2011, I would have been a 90% guy. Now I'm a 62%. I agree. And, and, and the thing, like I said, if you I, seem to be like a 0% guy, Mark. I'm like probably like a 40%, to be honest. Whoa, that seems 40? very high for what you've been saying yeah. this whole time. <laughs> I may have been yelling a bit more, but like for, for what I said, is that's me viewing it last night, and I was so disinterested right. like okay. entirely of it. Um, I'm not going to knock it for what it did in 2011. Um, but my final thoughts... It saved your marriage, Mark. The least you can do is show us some respect. <laughs> my final thoughts on this is the movie has aged severely since release. We're in such a different place, I think, as an audience and as Blumhouse uh, or Blumhouse. Their output seems to be so much stronger than this movie is today. And again, if I'm presenting this to somebody who's never seen it before, I'm not going to tell you to watch it. And that's my final thoughts on this. All right. I would recommend it even with all, all the caveats that Mark did. I think the later films in the universe is such a, you know, clever idea that um, I would say, yeah, give it a shot. I mean, if you got nothing better to do on a Saturday afternoon or whatever, you know, I have a question for you, John. Yes. So the insidious franchise four movies, mm -hmm. um, the way they're tied together compared to the conjuring franchise, mm -hmm. which do you feel is a better, like arcing overall, like, I don't call it mm. shared universe, but like, let's call it a franchise. Right. Because, I mean, don't forget The Nun and The Conjuring 2, you know, like, I, I found those movies to be way more, I mean, yeah, they were more yeah. polished, but like, I found them to be way more boring and kind of like, <laughs> eh, as a compared to wow. the ideas that the Insidious franchise put forth. But I'm interested to get your take, because I know you really love The Conjuring universe. I do. I think in a, like, one for one, what I, I would always rather watch like a conjuring movie over an insidious film. Yeah. I think insidious has a more unique idea at its core though. The astral projection, the further is so much more unique than just standard generic horror story. You know, number five, that essentially is what the conjuring is. Um, but the conjuring universe is so fucking big too. Cause like, you know, I would probably ra rather watch like the last key over Annabelle, for example, if I never saw Annabelle again, I'd be very happy. Um, so it's kind of like, you have to, you can't really like, I mean, I, I get, I get what you're, saying, what you're saying. What I'm saying is like, though, you would actually like view each one as an individual stance as opposed to a, a overall franchise. Right. I think like the insidious thing is, Annabelle, I'd rather watch an insidious movie over Annabelle. Yeah. Now the conjuring, I would put above like insidious two or three for sure. Yeah. But like, you know, as a franchise, I don't know. I personally feel like insidious has a better like grasp on like their franchise and their like storyline tight. I almost yeah. would consider like insidious as a franchise. It is one story told over four parts. The conjuring is a universe where they are just shoving in whatever they yeah, can okay, all right. with That's one fair. thread of being, you know, the Warrens and like the ghost flavor of the week. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I think I would differentiate the two. So it's kind of like Scooby-Doo when they bring like the gl the Globetrotters yeah. and stuff like that on. That's like The Conjuring. Right. You could make The Conjuring a TV show exactly like that. No problem. Weekly, new horror, the Warrens go off. But um, I think we even talked about it in some episode that either happened or has yeah. come up as a Saturday morning cartoon. But... Um, but the, I don't think you could do that with Insidious. It is a, you know, it's a, it's a story. It's a pretty tight storyline, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fair. I was just curious about that because, like I said, you seem to enjoy this movie. You seem I to do. enjoy the franchise. Yeah. And I know that you you have a soft spot for the Conjuring stuff. I do. <laughs> so I was just like, I just wondered like how it compared. So that's interesting. I would recommend this movie because, again, I don't like ghost movies. I really fucking hate paranormal. 
I almost said paralegal, paranormal, um, <laughs> paralegal activity, <laughs> paralegal activity, AKA ghosts, Just a camera like, <laughs> focused on a box of files for an hour <laughs> filing. But I really enjoy this movie because a, the scares were good. I, I agree. The audio with the scares is way excessive. Like I kept having to like grab the remote and turn it down. When I thought so something annoying. was going to happen. I was like, yeah. dude, it's so loud. Like the animals kept getting pissed in my house. And I was like, that's not good. You got to tone that down. Um, Speaking of animals, I don't think there was any death of animals. There was no deaths of animals in this movie. Hey, do you know about DoesTheDogDie.com? I think that's going to change your life, I'm sorry, what? DoesTheDogDie.com is a website you could go to that will tell you if a film harms animals. If there's like a, <gasps> if, if there's like a, a murder of a dog, it will tell you, hey, in, at you know hour 36, dog I want to find killed. who created this and I want to get them on or the podcast. One hour 36. I want, I want this person to be interviewed. Um, <laughs> so, it's the same reason I haven't seen that uh, Lords of Chaos movie, the, the fucking Norwegian black oh, metal movie. Oh, that seems super Because interesting. the thing is, I know that story and they fucked up a lot of cats. And I'm like, oh no, I can't even risk going to see this because if I see fucking cats getting murdered mm-hmm. on screen like in a realistic way, I'm done. Um, you can check out Does the Dog Die to see if they well, I can guarantee do you, it. I know for a fact <laughs> it does. Like in the like in the fucking um, draft house rec- like ah. description, it's all like between metal and fires and killing cats. And Aww. I was like, and I'm done. But um, I would recommend this movie a lot. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, Mark. I don't think that any of your criticisms are incorrect. I think they're just way like exacerbated and like, bigger than they need to be but you know that's fine we can't all like have impeccable taste like me and john so mm-hmm. we we live the dream hey <laughs> go big or go home that's it all right thanks for joining us we'll see you next time <laughs>